This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby's on summer vacation for the next couple of weeks. I'm happy to fill in her with uh, you for her during this time on Zoomer Radio. And today, what an exciting conversation we're going to have. How do you feel about Premier Doug Ford's decision to unilaterally shrink the size of Toronto City Council? And what about Mayor John Tory's request to go through a process before making a decision? Put the question in a referendum to the voters of Toronto, along with consultation and debate. Which side of the debate are you on? It's your chance to join in. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740, toll free. Joining me in studio are former Research President Lauren Bozanoff and former Toronto Mayor David Miller. Thank you both for coming in. Thank Pleasure. You. And on the line is Councillor David Schreiner, formerly Toronto's Budget Chief Schreiner, along with Councillor Sarah Doucette. Thank you both for your time. You're very welcome. You're welcome. It's great to have a full house here today, along with you, the Zoomer Radio listener. Before we get into the pros and cons, let's hear the facts. What Toronto residents have told Forum Research about the proposal to shrink council. Lauren, so what are the people of this great city saying about Premier Ford's decision? You know what, this is an issue that people really have an opinion on. I mean, I know it was a surprise announcement uh, last week. We went out and polled uh, that very next day. And uh, 47% don't like the idea, and 35% do like it. But I should note, in some parts of the city, and, and mainly where the Ford Nation uh, resides, uh, in fact, the majority are in favor. 40% in Scarborough versus 36, and Etobicoke 44 versus 41. Now, what the current mayor, John Tory, is saying is that it's not so much about the ultimate decision, it's the way in which we get there. Are Toronto residents weighing in on how Premier Ford is delivering this decision, rather than going to the people first? It's possible, and really no one's had a chance to really make their case pro, pro or con, so it may be a reaction just to the suddenness of the announcer and the lack of consultation rather than the, the substance of the announcement. So there is, it's, it is a possibility that you'll go to the people and ask about what about the idea of a referendum right. and, and that this would take effect four years out if there was a referendum question in the current, in the upcoming election. Well, that would be a different uh, scenario, but yeah, that's something certainly could be looked at. All right, let's get the take of the former mayor, David Miller. Just a pleasure to have you here. You've come out strongly against Ford on this. Tell us why. Well, two things. The, the idea is fundamentally wrong in principle. It doesn't appreciate what municipal government does and the importance uh, that local people place in having their councillors available to work with them on neighbourhood-based issues, which is simply impossible uh, in a constituency of well over $100,000, or 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not possible. The second thing is the way Mr. Ford has chosen to do this uh, is appalling. 
Um, you know, we have tr constitutional traditions in Canada conventions, which have been upheld by the Supreme Court in all sorts of places, uh, that are unwritten laws that speak to things like due process and consultation. And to change an election, I think, or at least announce that he was changing an election five hours before the registration period was over is simply unacceptable. It shouldn't be acceptable anywhere in a democracy. It's like something uh, somebody uh, in a, a country we wouldn't want to live in would do. And it's, it's just absolutely unacceptable. So he's got the idea wrong, um, and uh, he's also done it uh, a very poor way. Now, why is he doing it this way? I mean, you must have some inside information. You're still in circles of political people. Uh, was there any inkling that this was, this was something he was considering through the election campaign, the Ontario election campaign? Well, let, let's be clear about this. It was not in the campaign document no. for the Conservative Party. It was not mentioned during the election. And on previous occasions when there have been changes to municipal government, there have been processes, even if the outcome was one that some people would disagree with. There have right. been processes. For example, London, Ontario was gone to a ranked ballot system. That was done by the municipality. Toronto, we just had something like a year and a half, public consultation, extensive engagement about ward boundaries. That's how democracy should work. So why is Mr. Ford doing this? I mean, it would really be speculation. The one thing I do know, uh, Mr. Ford believes that the normal rules don't apply to him. That's how he behaves all the time. And the normal, he's showing here contempt for the normal ways that government interact with citizens. And those are our rights as citizens. It's not about the rights of city councillors per se. It's about our rights as citizens. Now, some could say there's political motives here. I think the most interesting thing in some ways is the three regional chairs uh, whose elections he's announced that he's going to end. He didn't end all the regional chairs' election. It wasn't an issue of principle that a regional chair should or shouldn't be elected. He annulled those three, and it's quite clear that in at least two of them, there are people who he was politically opposed to running. So one could speculate there's some kind of uh, political motive. I, I, I frankly, uh, I can't speculate because it is such a wrong-headed policy, such a wrong-headed move, so bad for people um, that uh, uh, I'd rather let him try and explain it because I don't think he can. So for you, the issue is not so much, um, although you, you don't mind the idea of a referendum former mayor, but you are saying that even if the referendum were to come out in favor of reducing council by half, it would not be good for the city. I, I don't uh, think we should be having a referendum. I think it's the right process here myself. Uh, but uh, reduce having local elected officials represent constituencies of well over 100,000 people is bad for the people who live there. And I don't believe Mr. Ford or anybody else in this conservative government, even the so-called moderates in that government, you, you don't hear them speaking up, they're not being very moderate, believes that you should have local constituencies of over 100,000 people. Because if they did, this would be happening in Ottawa. This would be happening in Hamilton. This would be happening in London, Ontario. And those constituencies are around 40 or 30,000 people or so. Even the current size of a constituency in the city of Toronto is hard for a local councillor who really wants to do a good job to be at all the neighbourhood-based meetings they should be that their residents want them to. So his argument that these are the same boundary lines that we have for MPPs in the province and that we have for MPs for the federal government, it doesn't wash when you're talking about a local constituency. He doesn't believe that, first of all, because if he believed that, he would be doing it across the entire province, and he isn't. 
So he doesn't believe it. It's just something he's saying to try and give some credibility to this move, whatever his motives. Let's assume they're political for a minute. If he believed that, it would be happening across this province. Secondly, those, the job of an MP and an MPP is very different. They have a legislative role. City councillors have a role, and particularly in Toronto, and this is really important, amalgamation in 1997 joined a regional government with local governments. And the job of a local councillor is really intensively about being in the community. Regional jobs are a little bit different. In Toronto, they have to do both. So the constituency being outsized, the same size as a member of parliament or a member of provincial parliament who doesn't have that same kind of local role, doesn't have to go to development meetings, doesn't have to go to meetings about parks, doesn't have to go to meetings about local issues affecting youth uh, and try to find a solution and bring it to council. There, there's no comparison. It's not even apples and oranges. And, you know, some of Mr. Ford's supporters have said things like, well, look at the city of London, England. It only has 25 councillors. That's true. But it also has a whole other system of government underneath it called boroughs, in which, according to the ever-reliable Wikipedia, they have eight, over 1,800 councillors in those boroughs in London. That's because the local duties are split from the regional. In Toronto, they're together. And trying to uh, have people do both jobs in giant constituencies will be extremely bad for the future of this city and for the people who want the city government to help represent them and their interests in their neighbourhood. Okay, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer, and joining me in studio, former Toronto Mayor David Miller, as well as Forum Research President Lauren Bozanoff. Now on the line, and the phone lines are jammed, so I do want to get to your calls. Uh, you can keep them coming at 416 416- Six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We have two current city councillors on the line with us, David Shiner and Sarah Doucette. Uh, David Shiner, uh, the former budget chief. Now we know you are in favor of Premier Ford's move. Counter what uh, the former mayor has been telling us the last few minutes. It's. Uh it's quite possible for members of council to represent large constituencies and bring the issues for that they need as i'm an example of that i have an extremely active extremely active ward a lot of development active communities and i can manage the issues that they have and can manage more and in fact at amalgamation our awards were the size of the new wards that are being created and they had two councillors there which was very confusing so we reduced that to individual wards but it's not impossible and it's not that difficult it's the right way to govern less people sitting at the meeting trying to find solutions and one of the comments that my former colleague made was that councillors have to bring forward the solutions well, councillors should be dealing with the policy matters, setting direction, and we have over 40,000 people that work at the City of Toronto that need to understand and do understand what the issues are and should be empowered to bring forward recommendations for solutions so council can decide if they're right or provide other ones. It's yeah. not for the politician uh-huh. to get into the meeting and to negotiate a development, the height of the building, the densities of the building, or to design the park. That's what city staff are paid for. Now, Councillor, tell us, though, this, this proposal by Premier Ford to cut council. What about the staff that works for uh, currently uh, the 40 
four councillors, right? Because we're going to 47 for the election, or we were going to be. Now it's 25. What about the staff that work for the councillors? They are all on contract for the term of council and are aware of that when they sign up for the job. That's the contract that they sign. And there are provisions in them as well uh, um, uh, for a proper uh, payment if they don't get rehired after the election. And they know that when they come on board, this is about good government cutting the size of the elected officials. In the ward that I represent, I've had six emails about it. That's it. People in my ward are not overly concerned, and even of those six, they're split as to whether we should or whether we shouldn't reduce it. And my job could be at stake, because I'd have to run after against somebody else if I ran in the election. This council doesn't have to be 45 or 47 members. In fact, it's too large. It takes too long to get through issues. Often votes go through without a majority, with, with less than all of the members of council there, because it's seven or eight o'clock at night. And this last meeting is a good example where this meeting has gone on for a week, and now we're into the, the sixth day of the meeting. And if you look at the number of items that were added by members of council to be dealt with at the meeting, most of them without staff reports, there's over 120 of them, and that's more than most of our regular agendas would be in the number of items. And all those issues should have been issues where staff have a chance to comment on them, and it shouldn't be brought forward by council, and then they're supposed to go through the committee process. Now, Councillor, we certainly appreciate your perspective. I absolutely do. I think what a lot of people, uh, and Lauren can confirm this for us, are, are discouraged by, or at least they're not in favour of, is the way in which Premier Ford is making this decision without any public consultation whatsoever. So there was no consultation when Weston and other municipalities were made into York years ago, or Rosedale, Forge Hill, or Cabbage Town were made into Toronto, or Willowdale and Don Mills were made into North York. There was no consultation when the former six cities and uh, Metro were amalgamated into one. It's a decision that was made based on the initiatives of the provincial government who felt that was the way to go. This is no different, and uh, Doug Ford has always said quite clearly he felt that council was dysfunctional, and he felt it was too large, and he felt it should be reduced. Then why would he not have put that in his platform then when he was running for premier? I can't tell you why he did or why he didn't put things in his platform. That doesn't affect the whole province of Ontario. That affects the city of Toronto. And this is what I believe is the good way to go. It's good government. Less members of council sitting through the meetings means we'll get things done quicker and we'll understand them better. And we have to find better ways to delegate them back to council to do their reviews of the issues that are there. Back, sorry, back to staff to do them because council makes decisions. The very simple rule that's always been told to me is departments write reports, committees make recommendations, and council makes decisions. But far too often in this council, there are m- many issues that come to council to make decisions without recommendations from staff, without looking at our previous policies and our lobby through the council because if they can find it when there's 30 people in the chamber, then 16 votes carry it. Okay. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Let's get Councillor Doucette in on this conversation as well. Sarah Doucette, uh, thank you for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. What, oh, do you say, what do you say to your colleague on Council and uh, Premier Ford's decision to basically ram through this change in Toronto Council government? 
Well, respectfully, I do not agree with Councillor Shiner. Um, we are almost seat mates, so uh, we do talk quite a lot during council. Um, what really gets me, though, is the timing of this. Uh, I understand that up at Queen's Park, they were told the government was rising, uh, MPPs could go on vacation, and then suddenly he brings this in. We right now in this city have probably over 300 residents who have signed up to run for either council or mayor. This campaign started on May the 1st. People have they registered, they've raised money, they've spent money. Some have even taken a leave of absence from their jobs to do this run. They've put their lives on hold. And now we're suddenly going to tell them, these 300 people, that, oh, well, sorry, no, the ward you thought you were running in, the job you thought you were going to be doing, is not what it's going to be. All right, we're talking about uh, Premier Doug Ford, the brand new Premier of Ontario, and his decision to reduce the size of Toronto City Council to 25 members in the interest of timing. And because we have to say goodbye to David Miller in five minutes, I want to very quickly get through the calls. Joyce and Scarborough, let's hear what you have to say about that. Hi, uh, I support Doug Ford 200%. I experienced, I'm in Scarborough Southwest, and it wasn't recently... And uh, my counselor, well, his office, I had Bell Telephone problems. And uh, they said, oh, no, no, the, uh, certain things, uh, wire couldn't be um, submerged or buried until spring. I, I'm disabled. I can't move around. So guess whose office I phoned? Ford. It was Rob Ford. And this wonderful girl, Jennifer, she got things moving and it wasn't and and i've i've heard from other uh, residents in scarborough maybe not my my area scarborough southwest they can never get a hold of their counselors i you know and the spin of the politicians like it's you know uh let them hire more assistance for the remaining uh uh counts well you know whatever uh, plays out. Okay, Let them Joe. hire more people. Okay. But he, uh, uh, you know, this this political spin that other people say, look what wind did to us with hydro, orange, uh, keep going. Okay, but I'm going to cut you off just because I want to get to everybody else. I do appreciate your uh, message, though. Daryl in Toronto, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing today? Fine, thanks. Okay, uh, really quick. Part of me considers that, you know, this is almost like a kind of personal grudge that he has against city council here. Just to look back to when Rob Ford was involved with his scandals, and you see Doug Ford just kind of sitting in the background there almost seething at what's going on. But the question I wanted to raise up, if the, if, uh, the city is a creature of the province, then is not the province sort of a creature of the federal government? And why can't this be an opportunity for, let's say, Toronto to petition the federal government to make us a special region? The rest of Ontario doesn't want to be ruled by the needs of the city, and the city shouldn't be ruled by the rest of the needs of Ontario. Well, that is certainly a creative option. A former mayor, what do you think about something like that? I mean, in terms of recourse, Toronto residents who are upset about this, what can they do? 
Well, I, I think people have some rights here. Um, and I, although I'm a lawyer, I haven't had an opportunity to research this because it's so sudden. But I, I believe there's some very strong constitutional arguments and arguments under the City of Toronto Act that because the province hasn't uh, consulted with people, that these efforts aren't lawful. Um, and there's uh, certainly an argument worth making. Uh, I don't think the federal government can help in the way the caller suggested, which is unfortunate, but I, I, that's not a check and balance we have in our system. I think it might be a different position, even though uh, what's happening is wrong, if there had been a full process and papers and white papers and a traditional legislative process. It's the announcing it at the very last minute that has put Mr. Ford's plan at risk, and I think that's a good thing. You know, the first caller supported it, but what she said in her comments reinforced my argument. She spoke to how hard it is to get a hold of a city councillor now to help you, your city councillor, and with twice as many constituents, it's going to be so much harder. You know who will have access? Developers and business people, citizens, it's going to be almost impossible. That's where we're heading, and that's why I'm speaking up about it, because it's so wrong for the future of this city. Let's go to George in Etobicoke quickly. You're our final caller on this before we wrap up the segment. Go ahead, George. I just want to back up what Councillor Shire said about when uh, they initially uh, took over Etobicoke, North York, and Scarborough, and created the 44 councillors. Nobody was plebiscited uh, um, uh, then. They just did it, and it was a bad idea now, and somebody's going to bring it back to where it should be, and good for him. Former mayor, you say that was not, in fact, the way history played out. Well, there actually was a referendum at the time. The province just ignored it. Yes. People voted very strongly against amalgamation. I remember but, that. But people, uh, or but the provincial government, which happened to be conservative, interesting theme here, um, uh, didn't follow the wishes of the people at that time. As we wrap things up here, I want to get back to Lauren Bozanoff for just a moment before we, and we will have this conversation again, and certainly this is going to play out, it could play out in a matter of days, Lauren, that uh, the legislature legislation is passed at Queen's Park. And then in terms of implementation, that feels like it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, the thing about this, though, is, you know, politically speaking, uh, Doug Ford is really flying high right now, even in the the 416. He has a 40 percent approval rating and he's got a 41 (coughs) percent voting intention among the Tory supporters. So uh, for the Tories, they're, they're doing very, very well, especially in the inner suburbs. So overall, they're going to feel that political strength when they look at this issue. And I I was thinking one of our callers there about mentioning uh, of Toronto appealing to the federal government for our rights here. Uh, Jennifer Keysmat, the the only real contender for Toronto Mayor John Tory, that was one of the first things she said about Toronto separating from the province. So she's she's, she's new at this, though. We'll see what happens. Sorry, David Shiner? Jane, we had these challenges at amalgamation. We've been through that. You cannot challenge the province. The cities are creatures of the province. It was challenged many times before, and nothing came of it. That's a waste of time to tell people you can do something that you can't. That's what's wrong with politicians. The timing, in fact, is right. Why would you take a council of 44, make it 47, and then 
then come back and make it 25 and waste all that money. It is the appropriate time before you have people run for all those jobs. And one of the biggest problems on council now, unfortunately, is some of my wonderful colleagues have to face off each other, like Councillor Doucette would have to face off against Councillor Perks, like Councillor Layton may have to face off against Councillor Cressy, like Councillor Fregadakis may have to face off against Councillor Fletcher. So people are concerned that the good work that they've done, they may not be able to continue to do. But for the residents of Toronto, this is the right step. It's the right time. It's a decision made by the provincial government that I believe we should go forward with. I have a constituency of over 60,000 people. I don't even have voicemail. We answer the phone from early in the morning to late at night. We take all our calls, and I do it with two staff members. Okay, Councillor Shiner, appreciate it. All four of you, Councillor Doucette, former Mayor David Miller, and Lauren Bosanoff of Forum Research. Thank you all for your time on this James, matter. Thanks for having us on. Thank, Thank you very much. Yeah, it was great. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.